How are we going, mates? Welcome back to the Top Step. My name is Ryan Roland Smith. Now, we have got an amazing show for you today. Joining us very soon, the one and only Adam Jones. 14 years with the Baltimore Orioles, five time All Star, four time Gold Glover. He's just spent two years in Japan. I cannot wait to ask him all about his time in Japan. Listen, there's so many things I want to ask, Adam. I'm just going to unleash this guy. He's one of my favorites. He has a big opinion. He's honest. He's truthful. He doesn't hold back, so I'm looking forward to it. Now, he is joining us from the Maldives. We spoke on the phone. I just want to give you a heads up. The audio may be a little bit scratchy, but you can definitely hear everything. We are on Zoom just before we started this show, and it sounded okay. It wasn't crystal clear, but just bear with us a little bit because, Adam, I guarantee you, We'll have a lot to say. Now, listen, if you're new to the show, welcome. Make sure you subscribe. You've got two big leaguers with all their favorite players joining them, having honest conversations about the game today. Plus, we have a lot of laughs. We're both from Australia. We don't take ourselves too seriously. We all need some laughs. So hopefully you enjoy it. If you are an avid listener, welcome back. Make sure you go leave us a review. We'd love to get a couple reviews, whether it be on Apple, Spotify, wherever you listen to this show. Or if you want to reach out to us, go to www.thetopstep.com and just click contact and you can reach out to us. All right, I'm going to get right to it because I know Adam's about to call in very soon. Enjoy this episode as Grant Balfour and Adam Jones join me right here on The Top Step. No matter what happens, Ryan Roland Smith has something to tell his grandkids right here. First appearance of the big leagues. <laughs> Face the Hall of Famer. Famer. <laughs> Especially if he strikes them out. Here comes the one-two pitch to Junior now. The breaking ball. He struck him out. Yeah, that will be a story for the rest of his life <laughs> as he strikes out Ken Griffey Jr. And the inning is over. But what an inning it was at six. Victor Martinez and Grant Belfort join and benches have cleared. My goodness. This this is Grant Balfour being Grant Balfour. Yeah. He he is, as you mentioned, Jim, he's amped up. He talks a lot. It's not personalized, but he talks a lot. In fact, he has the demeanor of a guy that wants to fight him. You'll never say that I'm not killing them. Kill, kill, killing them. Killing them. Kill, kill, killing them. Killing them. Kill, kill, killing them. Killing them. Killing them. Killing them. How's your week? Yeah, good. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> I got the giggles before we even started, mate. We're, we're close to Chrissy, so I'm, I'm jolly, mate. I'm all happy, ready to roll. Nah, mate. So you should be. Yeah. Great time Big of the Santa. year. Yeah. Hey, yeah. hey, listen. Oh, we're gonna get to it. We're gonna get to our guest. He is waiting in the waiting room. Actually, let's get real here. Yeah. He's actually joining us from the Maldives, which is insane. Yeah. He's not. You know who he is. We've One of my stepped favorite. up our waiting room, mate. We've stepped the waiting room we up. Have. Yeah. <laughs> to the Maldives, to the huts That's out right. in the middle of the water in the Maldives. So, yeah, know. it's like it's like those reality shows when you get booted off one of those reality shows, like whether it be like The Bachelor or The Bachelorette, which big fan of, by the way. I I, yeah. I got into it, mate. Last couple of years, I got stuck in. This has got I you into my, it, did she? She did, mate. She did, yeah. and, and she was she was into it. And at first, I was sitting there going, "Oh, this is a load of garbage," and just trying to rip on it. And she yeah. paused it. Yeah, you know, she paused and said, "Listen, if you're just going to keep ripping it, 
and and commentating. Um, we turned yeah. it off. I watched on me. Oh, watch on my own. <laughs> so I shut up. But I actually got yeah. into it, man. It, it was good. I wasn't taking it seriously. But you know when they yeah. when they boot someone off the show, they send them off to some resort. That's basically yeah, right. what we're doing. When you when you join the top yeah. step, you go to some resort over in the Maldives, and that's yeah. exactly where this wow. dude is. Like I said, you know who he is, Adam Jones. Fourteen years in the big leagues, five time All Star. How many gold gloves he rack up? Four gold gloves. Four. Silver Slugger, throw that in there. Was in the MVP, MVP voting for a few of those years. Had an amazing career. Made close to, what, 100 mil? Anyway, he's yeah. just... Cool 100. Yeah, cool 100, whatever. He's Well, he's just spent the last two years in Japan. I can't wait to hear all about that. But even more important, dude, he's sitting there on vacation in the Maldives or Maldives, Maldives, whatever you call it. I don't know. I went there for my honeymoon, mate. You should have seen me. But he's there. He's waiting. So we're going to get right to it but before we do that while we keep him in the waiting room all the way in the maldives before we do that have to do the word of the day all right yeah oh yeah so this is this is a special request from my favorite running store in seattle big shout out chet he owns uh super jock and jill great shop mate you should see it you need a pair, you need a pair of joggers in you go tell me right now oh, mate, the kids needed some <clears throat> it's next to it's next to the best coffee shop in seattle by the way that's and that's Revolutions Coffee. Love the place. Big shout out uh, to, to the fellas over at Revolutions. Anyway, but Chet and I were chatting. He comes in. He's, he's a big fan of the podcast. Big fan of yours too, by the way. He knows you're a runner. He heard your records. You were setting with the twins. But he said oh, to yeah. me, he said when, when he was competing down in Australia, when he was running or he was visiting or whatever he was doing, I can't remember what he was doing. But he uh, said to me, he said, the one thing they said was, and this is the word of the day, give it the flick. <laughs> <laughs> I, haven't heard that, I haven't heard that for a while i was yeah. like is that is that nosy thing i guess it is i asked everyone else and they're yeah, like yeah, yeah I, I don't use that yeah, what does that mean grant uh give it the flick just get rid of it you know rack it off just ex- <laughs> basically just just get rid of it whatever it is just give it the flick <laughs> simple as that mate with it you know water off a duck's back don't even think twice just give it the flick yeah. <laughs> Yeah, get get rid, get of, rid it. of it. But get rid of it. There you go. But I remember when I was a kid, I was in I was in high school, and you know I'm a I'm trying to become a, a professional athlete. You know, trying yeah. to be an absolute star. But I was 16, 17. I had a girlfriend, and uh, I, I don't want to say names, right? <laughs> Not that she's listening, that's for sure. But yeah. it, it just it got a little bit too much drama in there, you know. And I, I remember going to my dad saying, "Dad, what do I do, mate?" Like. You know, like I'm doing this. I'm diving into, oh, she said this about that. She doesn't like the fact I'm doing this. He's just yeah. driving along. There's just this pause and it's just like, mate, just give her the flick. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, all right. You're, you're, you're hoping to get a bit of a one-on-one with your dad, you know, console you a little bit. Maybe, you know, you know, said it, look, son, this is probably what you should do. You know, maybe take her out and just kind of talk about it. Nah, just give her the flick. <laughs> I think he has a two. Oh, be right. She'll be right. <laughs> She'll be right. You know what else he said too? Just to add to that, he goes, I oh, give it a flick like this. And then soon after that, he said, Oh, yeah, on your bike, sweetheart. <laughs> <laughs> on your bike. <laughs> anyway, oh, mate, we so, can be so blunt, can't we? Yeah, just we are. I, I gotta say, mate, Aussies are one thing they're very good at is being so straight blunt. to the point, blunt, just straight into it. Yep. To the throat, <laughs> mate. Straight going uh, from the throat. Yeah, but anyway, good times, mate. You should, uh, by the way, I, uh, not that I was super popular in high school or anything like that. So I'm not trying to act yeah. like uh, j- just to. I just want to make a 
you know, full discretion here. I don't want to make out like I'm, I was some stud in high school and I was just giving girls the flick. I mean, this yeah. is like a long-term six-month relationship. Oh, <laughs> it was pretty full on pretty hot and heavy but it just got it got yeah. too much mate i had too much i had i was trying to concentrate yeah. on school which i didn't I'm trying to concentrate yeah. on baseball but i had to give it a flick so there you go took away yeah. from your focus mate yeah all right so let's focus on what we've got this episode we are going to get to the aussie segment at the end but we do have a really good chance here to talk to someone who's on vacation after a crazy couple of years playing in japan amazing career i want to talk to grant I want, I want to talk to adam about a bunch of stuff i want to ask him about mlb right now obviously we're in the lockout what can they improve some of his thoughts especially being from afar and everything in between man so you, you ready to get to it yeah mate let's do it i'm excited all to right. hear from him let's do it he's in the waiting room right now we'll flick him over all right well let's bring him in adam how we doing champion always good baby man good to good to catch up with you two guys man it was fun to Fun to be a teammate of you and battle against you, Ryan, and fun to battle against you, Grant. It was just, it was always, a, it was always a, a tough battle, and you knew that 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 uh, that Aussie power was going to come out. You know, Grant, you didn't cuss me out. I know you were talking to the umpires or to the powers that be, but we felt like you was cussing at us. Okay, I know you wasn't, but we felt like it. Damn it, we felt like it. I know you wasn't, but damn it, we felt like it. So I kind of got into that, and you know what? I just felt like I was cussing myself out, telling myself fucking hit me this and that and i was it's just the thing that helped me focus honestly it got me right it got me where i needed to be i was like this this helps me focus i could channel all that aggression and all that just whatever i had going on on the mound and that's kind of what worked for me so um i just love to compete and don't get me wrong I, all the guys i played against i probably gotta apologize to a lot of guys afterwards <laughs> i just love competing and, and going up against you guys and challenge you guys but it's great to be able to sit here and talk to you today and and just, you know, look back on it. So, pretty cool. I will say, Grant, some of the dudes who came over and played with him like, oh, yeah, I love the intensity, the whole thing. So, but I'm glad yeah. you said something right off the bat, dude. I appreciate that. Oh, yeah. We were like, we just we get to say it again to him. We're like, oh, what the, what, like, is this guy okay? Just like, does he want to take it out back? I'm like, what the hell is going on? <laughs> we can, we can. What, what we need to do right now? I can feel, I feel. I don't know why to feel. Like what's going on right now? <laughs> I try to. Hey, I try to confuse you. None below. None below. No, it takes forever out there I, on the mound. I, I wish, try to put you guys to sleep. <laughs> I, I wish we could have got you in. Uh, I think I don't know what year it was. It was a third. Oh uh, yeah, 14, 14. 14, Yeah, I think. We should, but our, yeah. our doctors who, uh, our doctors also deem that. Um, I guess a second year for you wouldn't have been good on the contract. And they also said that a, a third and fourth year for Marcakis and Nelson Cruz wouldn't have been good. Both of those guys made all-stars in that fourth year of their contract. Therefore, yeah. should we always listen to doctors? No. So, yeah, uh, yeah. it was a, it was a uh, missed opportunity there to, uh, to, to be able to not be cussed at should say <laughs> <laughs> hey, speaking of that too adam and i remember when grant when that all went down it was crazy because you know he's coming off a good year he went up you know he's doing his thing with baltimore and as you know in, in the big leagues i'm sure it's the same in japan these reporters they want to be the first like they want to be the first to get the news out there and the news was out there next next thing you know grant's you know supposed to be signing with you with the orioles and then he goes off for a physical and then boom, just doesn't happen. Right. So, so you, you were basically on the inside yeah. track with a lot of that as well, even when it was going yeah. down. 
yeah, our doctors are, have just been notorious. Um, and, and just with the same with the owner, it's, uh, they've, they've been very notorious about, uh, due diligence and taking every single step, every single measure. And, and sometimes, and sometimes in business, you know, sometimes you can be a day late, you can take too long and the guy gets another offer. And, and you know, I've heard stories that we were supposed to sign other guys in different years and, you know, we just took too long because we were doing our due diligence and, yeah. you know, it, again, it's, it's business is business always going to be fair. No, is there always going to be casualties in business? Of course. Um, but I think in some regards, we lost out on some very, very good players because the process and, you know, it sucked that we couldn't have, have had grant. It sucks. We couldn't have had Cruz, Marquez, and other players that I've heard that we were interested in, but, uh, you know, again, time waits for no man, and sometimes uh, the brass took took their took their time, and you know we lost. We were able. We just for, unfortunately lost out on a lot of good players because of it. Hey, you hey, and b- b- by the way, just just switching gears here real quick. We feel very privileged here. The fact that we've got you right now, and I'm going to say, man, I was a little nervous about you know the Wi-Fi connection because you're frig- you're you're in the Maldives, dude. You're sitting out in, in one of those over the water cabins, whatever you call them. <laughs> Right now, if you and if you're watching this, you can see, you know, the back. Yeah. You can see the, the, the little tiki hut, whatever you call. So, dude, we feel very honored the fact that you're out there in the Maldives with the family after a, a year yeah. in Japan, which I want to get to. But um, what what are you doing in the Maldives? Is that where you live now? You just snuck off. You just hiding from the rest of the world? Or, or I, I wish I could just live out here. It is. It's 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 even above my pay grade for for a long for anything long term. It is it is exquisite out here though. It is. We're at the Waldorf Astoria, and it's just gorgeous. Everything in the food, the people, is just amazing, and uh, it's a good getaway. Yeah. After yeah. you know two years of un, um, not being able to visit majority of the vacation places due to COVID and all that kind of stuff, so um, yeah. it's good to be able to to come here and relax and just relax and mentally decompress from a long season, a long two years basically in yeah. Japan with all the COVID stuff going on. So. We've just been just trying to relax and mind our own business. So it's, it's just been a blessing to be able to be. Yeah, man, the, the, the Maldives, Grant, I don't know if you've ever been there. I went uh, there for my honeymoon. But I was staying at the Hampton Inn and Suites at the Maldives. <laughs> no, but it, it was sick, man. Like we're, we're, all we're out. Um, yeah. <laughs> yeah, no, I was actually at the uh, Gilly Lenkin Fushi. It was sick, man. I don't know if that's even close to the Waldorf, but uh, it was nah, amazing. I went near it. No, we do. <laughs> I don't know where any. I don't know where anything is. To be honest with you, because yeah. I guess the Waldorf opened up in 2019, and they opened in 2019, and then they basically out of the basically two years they've been open, they've been closed for like 18 months of it. So oh. you know, right now they they reopened. Uh, I think in April or something, and they just yeah. people just been flocking and flocking to come here, and it's yeah. absolutely gorgeous. Got some fresh fresh bed sheets, buddy. Fresh, clean sheets. Oh, for sure. You're good. Oh, sure. Yeah. Nothing's You're been good. stepped on and humped yeah. on and all that kind of stuff. Yeah. Nice. Hey, I'm still, I'm, I'm still waiting on your Instagram account to see on one of those Zuckerberg foil boards. Are you going to get out one? Uh, they got them there or what? Those things, you know, that the, the, the uh, what were they called? The, the, the motorized little stand-up paddle boards. Is that you, Adam? Is that what we're doing? You scuba diving, doing all that stuff, or are you just chilling? I just, I just seen that today. Uh, the motorized. Um, <laughs> like boogie board i i can't i can't ride a skateboard so i know i know my limitations some people think that they can get out there and do things 
I can't I can't paddleboard. I can jet ski, and uh, that's about it. I, I know my limitations. I like to sit in the back of the boat with with, with a drink and just and just relax. I, I'm I learned a long time ago like some things just aren't for me, and it's okay. You know what I mean? Yeah. I'm, I'm okay. I can swim, which is great. So I'm not afraid. I don't need a life vest as soon as I enter the enter nice. the uh, the enter the boat. I'm okay. I can swim. Look out, look out but, for these guys. We have <laughs> <laughs> uh, seen light. a couple around here. Yeah, I see a few. And, uh, yeah, I just, I just, you know, understand what I can do tomorrow. We're gonna take the, uh, it's the big cushion couch that has like oh, three yeah. seats. I'm gonna take my boys on it and get pulled by the by the the, 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 the speedboat. Yeah, so that's yeah. gonna be fun. But anything besides that, like you know. Again, I know my limitations. I'm, I'm not trying to. Do it. I mean, my wife kayak today, and I'm like, yeah, nah, I, 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 this is cool, but I feel like I'm. I feel like I'm about to get myself hurt. Yeah. Do something. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Let's get back to shore and get me the hell out of this. Yeah. Hey, give me a mai tai. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Hey, you, you talked about make my life simple. Yeah. You talked about you talked about you know decompressing after a crazy couple of years, but. I got to say, man, when, when there was so much hype, when you were going over to Japan, this is at the end of 2019, I, I'm still trying to figure out, maybe you can yeah. help me with this. Has there been a bigger like, name from the big leagues going to Japan the way you did? There was a huge hype about it. You signed a massive two-year deal. It was kind of this thing where you know, people were questioning, are you going to stick around in the big leagues? You go off to Japan, obviously with COVID, but you must have, dude, you must have had an absolute blast over there. I mean, you, you must have been... Yeah, an absolute superstar in Japan, right? Well, first off, like, I wanted to stay in Major League Baseball. And I get that I said things that Major League Baseball didn't like. Uh, you know, media people didn't like, fans didn't like. But at the same time, I felt that my performance still should have warned me a job in Major League Baseball. I was only 34 years old. I'm 36 now. And as you see, there's still 34-year-old outfielders getting two, three-year jobs at five, six million. And I'm just like, you know, Looking back, I'm just like, damn, you know, obviously I think I should have stayed there. I proved myself to be healthy, which is number one thing. You know, I played 10 straight years of 150 games. So I proved myself to be healthy. Um, yeah. But it didn't work out. Again, I get that. And, you know, sometimes I think what players think they always need Major League Baseball. And I just proved the point that I didn't need Major League Baseball. It's like, okay, cool. I, I, I mean, I got my pension. I did everything I needed. Like, let me go do something for myself. Let me go prove to you guys that I don't need you guys. And you know, I went to Japan, and it, it sounded great at the beginning because it was fresh. Japan's a great league. But then COVID hit. COVID just ruined everything because upon signing there, I'm thinking my family, friends are going to come. Like, it's just going to be more than just me. It's going to be a big spectacle. It's going to be a lot of things. I get you know, interact with international fans. I had deals lined up with different companies to be able to uh show my personality and then COVID hit again and it's just like damn everything shut down all companies just shut down especially you know japan is one of the company a country that is uh they just do things differently they follow the book by the code they if, if it says shut down for a week even if it's three days and it's gone they said they're shutting down for a week so right. shut down for a week and uh there was no wiggle room there and so we just endured it. And, you know, I think the greatest part is the family got to be closer to each other. Yeah. It just was me, my wife, and my two kids. Like, we just had to, 
you know, we just got to be closer with each other, which is great. It's a smaller country, so the travel's not too too rigorous. And um, we just, I guess, got to got to know each other a little bit more, a little bit better, and had to uh, just em- embrace that. And I think the best part about it was there was no foreigners that were able to come over there. So we essentially had, we could go to Tokyo, go to you know, Kyoto, Osaka, Kobe, and not have just tourism all the way around, yeah. around us. It was just the Japanese people. Yeah. It wasn't just crowded every single place we go where you need lines yeah. and reservations. We just walk up to any restaurant and just go in. So it was, nice. you know, it sucked because we wanted to have that Japanese experience. You know, Tokyo's 30 plus million people at any given moment, but yeah. we only, we only experienced it being a couple hundred thousand, you know, yeah. which it's like going to New York and like, damn, New York is dead. Yeah, it when it's never, yeah. it, it, it's never dead, you know? Yeah. And it just it was weird that we didn't get to experience that, but it was also awesome that we got to experience just being embraced in their culture. Kids learning Japanese, myself learning Japanese, plenty of clips of me speaking Japanese, and you know we just overall embraced it. Didn't uh, try and be like we're better than anybody. We just I just on the field and in the clubhouse, I embraced all the players. They always had questions for me. I just was I told them I'm an open book, but whatever you guys got, I'm I'm here to answer. I'm here to help. In any shape or form, if you guys have questions about anything, you know, let me know. You know, it was the I think one of the best parts is all of Otani's games were on TV. All of uh, I don't know Kakuchi's games, Maeda, uh, Satsugo, all their games were on TV. So they always asked about other major league players, and you know, I tried to answer those those questions to the best of my my knowledge. Hey, um, speaking of that too, and, and I don't know if you remember uh, Brad Lefton. He 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 covered. He covered Ichiro for a long time. Uh, he speaks fluent Japanese. Great dude. Big shout out to Brad. But yeah, no, Brad. Yeah. yeah, yeah. So he he actually gave me some stuff. Man, I, I was chatting with him the last couple of days because I, I I wanted to wait until you got done. You know, you played in that final series and you know you had hit that that pinch hit home run and everything else. I was like, oh man, I need to get out of my. But I was like, oh, I'll wait. And obviously you're in the mail. I was right now. I don't want to bug you while you're on vacation. But here we are. But he just talked about with you coming over. One thing. And these are his words too. He just said that basically Oryx hadn't won anything since what, 1996 or something like that. They hadn't won forever. Right? It's been 25 years. The yep. team you were with. And he said the biggest impact you made from talking to people in the organization was you came in and you just, you changed the culture there where you, you had a little bit more of that is his word swagger coming into that clubhouse. And you were so influential on some of these younger players. Yeah. Was that something for you, Adam? Obviously, you know, you're, you've been, you've had all different kinds of teammates. You've been a rookie, you've been a veteran, you've been a superstar player. But was that, when you went over there, is it this thing where you have to, to not take that on, but remind yourself, look, like you said, you can't be above anyone being Adam Jones coming to Japan. You basically have to come in and, and, and play that role a little bit. And that's, and that's something you just embraced. And, and For sure. I didn't, I didn't come over here thinking that I'm above anybody. I just came over here like, look, hey, I, I just want to help this team. And I said, as soon as I got over here in our press conference, I just want to help this team get to the next level. They, you know, the GM kept telling me we haven't won in so in so many years. Hopefully, you can do this and do that. And I just promised them one thing: I'm gonna try and help everyone get better. And I think I did that. I think I helped three or four guys improve their mental aspect to to, uh, to understand themselves being physically better. And you know. We all know that the, the game, we all physically are able to do the game. If we weren't physically able to do the game, we wouldn't even be here. But the mental part 
is what keeps us around, you know, and Grant, mm-hmm. you, like you said, what that, that channeling mm-hmm. to yourself, talking to yourself, that's what kept you focused on, mm-hmm. on the goal. And that's just is what it is here. It, I tried to change them from being the militant uh, mm-hmm. spectrum. It's like, you know, it's like the coaches run everything, no matter what coaches run everything. And I try to tell some players through my interpreter that if you're at this level, you obviously can do, you're obviously you're good enough to do something. You should be able to analyze the game and not have the coaches tell you every single part of the game. And that's what the part that, that a lot of the players in Japan don't fully understand. It's like the coach has to tell me to do something. So I do it it's instead of like, well, read the damn swing. The guy's late. Damn. You should, I mean, read it. You can see it. Like, I yeah. can see it. You can see it. Yeah. You know, we're watching the Up same damn game. Again, we all can watch two things. We all can watch the same thing, but see two different things. And, you know, I just try to help guys just understand that you have confidence in yourself. Understand that, look, at man, you get three strikes, especially offensive side. You get three strikes. You swing at the first pitch that bounced 50, 58 feet. Everybody in the crowd's going to laugh, ha, boo, or whatever. The coach is going to be like, what the hell was you swinging at? So what? Strike one. You get two more strikes. So step yourself back, take a deep breath, dig yourself back in the box. Don't be, don't be afraid to fail. Be afraid to not be aggressive and be afraid when you take a cock shot. It's oh, oh, and and you're not ready for a fastball right down the middle. Be afraid of that. And, you know, I just had, I took a group, a good group of guys who had career years and I just told them, just trying to give them all the information I had. You know, and all the positivity I had, and I'd get on them too. Like, hey man, they come back and they, hey, why, why weren't you ready for that fastball? And then why weren't you ready to hit? Why weren't you ready to that? And you know, I just tried to add a culture of, of uh, accountability, personal accountability, opposed yeah. to coaches telling you what to do. And just have some fun, man. It's a game. At the end of the day, it's a game. I get it. We make a lot of money. You're able to do a lot of things if you can stick around. People always talk about all, you know, all athletes are millionaires which we all know is the stupidest narrative I've ever heard. But if, if you, if you're prepared, if you are having fun, these are the things that make this game so much more fun. But if you're shy, if you're timid, that's not good. That's not how you, that's not how you play baseball. That's just not how you do it because this is a game that, Hey, you, you know, again, you can have, and it's a turn the page game too. You're four for four one day, over for four with four strikeouts the next day, one for four with the game when it hit the next, the following day. Two for four, over for like, you got to be able to turn the page. And I, you know, I tried to do that with a lot of guys that had good games, bad games. Like, no, stay even keel and ride the wave. Yeah. Just, just stay even keel. Like, you're on a, like, like you're on a, a paddleboard that I can't ride. Yeah. <laughs> so, did you, uh, the way you were talking to these guys, now, were you speaking Japanese here? A lot of these guys know a lot of English. How, how did you communicate with these guys, honestly? A lot of it, obviously, was through the interpreter. And my interpreter, I had the, the uh, they called the senpai, which is the high, the high grade guy. And I had the oldest guy, the oldest uh, interpreter, Fuji, who was uh, 60, 64 now. Some bitch got COVID, almost pneumonia. Some bitch was laying on his day bed, shit oh during the season. I'm sitting there texting, are you, are you alive, you son of a bitch? And like, yeah. I just, I, he told me, he always told me, he said, I kept him young. And which was good because my right. attitude is my attitude was very positive. He's like, man, yeah, he's like, you kept me young, you checked on me, you know, I really appreciate that. And he was able to understand, he got to learn my personality opposed to just just translate this word. He got to understand my personality and how to what I'm trying to to get across 
what I'm really trying to say, opposed to like work on this. It's like he tried to get understood what I'm trying to get across to translate to say, okay, this is what he's trying to tell you to do and trying to implement. And uh, he was great at it, and a lot of the players just just took heed to it. And you know, I just didn't talk to the pitcher. I mean, to the position players. I try to talk to the pitchers, obviously, but again, the Japanese way is very, very strict. No matter what, they are very, very strict. Mm. And one of the, our star pitchers, Yamamoto, uh, Yoshinobu Yamamoto, Yoshinobu Yamamoto, he will be on the radars in a few years. They're saying at this age, he's better than Tanaka uh-huh. at his age 23. Yeah. And he went 18 and five with a one, three. And uh, I told him, I said, like everybody, when men, when men get on base over there, no matter what, they slice. No matter what, and we all know. I mean, you're, you guys are pitchers. I face a lot of pitchers in my life. When you slide step, you lose something. Doesn't matter what it, you lose something. Yeah. And I loved it when pitchers slide up. So over here, I loved it when slide step. You're not gonna throw as 94, 95. You're gonna throw 90, 91. You nothing's gonna be as good. And I tried to tell him. I said, look, when you get a big guy who when you get somebody on second base who's not a threat to steal third and you get a guy on third base, no matter who's on third base, go to your leg kick. You will gain more power. So whenever somebody, again, he had a one, three, nine, so not many people got to second and third base on him. But whenever he did, if there weren't a speed guy, he would use his full full leg kick in the stretch. And he maintained all his power. And I'm like, dude, that's going to be, that's American style pitching. I try to teach him and tell him things that are American because his talent is is going to America. Like you yeah. can you can tell. Not many players here can even cut it in Double A, but his talent is going to America. And I just try to tell him some things that are going to be beneficial for American baseball. And I told him when he went to the Olympics with Team Japan, talk to Tanaka, get take all the information yeah. you can from him because he pitched in the biggest city in the biggest market, New York. Everything he did was scrutinized. So if you can already get the knowledge from myself and then from Tanaka, who's actually been there and uh, can understand the cultural difference, then you're, you're halfway there because this hey, stuff Adam, plays. Adam, just, just on that too, and you talked about the cultural difference and being strict and the coaches sort of run the way their players do that. I mean, you always hear that about you know, Japanese players and, and there's good and bad to that, I guess. But the, you're Maguchi, right? He, he played in the big leagues. Did, do you think that helped yeah. with you having a voice and because he knew the way things happen in the big leagues? I, 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 think, I think it's yes and no. Like, Taguchi, had, he understood the Western ways, but at the same time, still was work, yeah, work, okay. work. Gotcha. You know, it's late in the season. Like, we're, we're talking August, September, and it's still work, work, work. Me, I'm looking at him like, these guys are starting to get tired. Like, just based on workload. And again, we both played, we all three played in the major leagues. You see the workload as August and September, especially July. So as soon as it gets hot, the workload just, just cuts in half. The, the long toss, the shaggy, the ground balls, every, the batting practice, everything gets cut just, just a little bit less. You don't need to hit for 15 minutes. Now you hit for 12. Then you hit for 10. Then you take September, you just hit in the cage so you can preserve all your energy. Here, Shit, it's full batting practice, full infield, full everything every single day, no matter what. These guys are out there taking 100, 200 ground balls. 
Is that something you would speak up and say, walk in the manager's office or would you walk in there and say, Hey man, we need to chill out or there's no way. No, even, <laughs> even a guy like you wouldn't do that. that, that that's non-negotiable. Those, those, <laughs> those things are non-negotiable, but right. I mean, for the Japanese player, for me, me and the trainer, like strength guys, I told them when I got there, like, I'm not taking fucking infield. I know yeah. where to throw the ball. I'm not going to take, I'm not going to shag and then take a fucking infield. Like, just be honest with you. The shagging is the damn infield. Because I'm shagging, I'm throwing the ball to the bases. I don't need to shag and then come in the infield. If you don't know where to throw the ball, ball you're an idiot. Okay? Yeah. Why are you at this level? Yeah, if you um, want me to throw balls in September. <laughs> exactly. I not, I'm not doing it. I'm not doing it. But their players are militant. Like, they, and yeah. they're exhausted too, but they will never say nothing. And, you know, you can tell, again, most of their players, again, they think that, they, you know, more work is better. But, again, most of their players wouldn't play in double-A, triple-A in America. So they got to do more. I guess that's their hard, yeah. you know, that's their culture. Do more hard work if you work longer hours. Like in the workplace, I got other friends in the workplace. If you work 14 hours, you look like you're doing more than others. Or if you fall asleep at your desk, you look like you're working hard. Bullshit. Yeah. Yeah, right. Yeah, well, as we know, less is more. Yeah, as we know, less is more. And you and you understand, you know, when you show up to the field every day, different months, you got different routines and they and they fluctuate as the year goes along. Like like you said, you know, you, you come in, you, you need to spend more time doing this or that, but less time here, less time there. You you're just trying to stay healthy, stay out on that field and, and do what you gotta do. But it sounds like, yeah, those guys have just been just being drilled with work, 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 work. So uh, definitely a different culture over there. It's the culture, yeah, and the culture's yeah. pushing. I want to know the uh, batting practice. I remember going over there and, and uh, starting the year. We played Seattle. Um, was Ichiro was there, and we was with Oakland. So we had the season opener. I got to experience a little bit of the Japanese culture over there. And uh, I saw that double barrel. I saw those two cages go up. I'm like, what the hell's going on here? And uh, and there it was, just rapid fire, left and right. And I was kind of curious how you uh, adjusted to that. <laughs> uh, it, it was the weirdest thing. You get you get ten minutes with the lefty, ten minutes with the righty, and I'm just sitting there like, <laughs> what in the what? Like just like back those sliders. What what, what, <laughs> what, the, what the hell is this? You know? Yeah. What is this? Like. But then on the on the road, on the road you don't get it. You don't get it. And then they cut your batting practice short. I'm just sitting there like, the whole time it's like, what, what, what is this? It makes it different. The, that's not even the worst part. The worst part is that they put a net up in center field. So it's hard to shag in center field. Yeah. They put a net up in center field for the pitchers to throw. So when after you stretch, the pitchers throw long ways, like like how you run poles, they throw yeah. that way. Gotcha. Instead of on the pole on the sideline throwing, they throw pole ways. And I'm sitting there looking at like oh. this is the dumbest shit I've ever seen <laughs> on a baseball field. Yeah, yeah. Like this is so then so like you have to wait until the pitchers are finished to go to hit. Yeah. And you know the pitchers again. You guys, you guys take your take your time. Get your arms loose. Play long toss. And, and I'm just like, this is the dumbest shit. Why don't you guys throw on the side? Like, yeah, yeah. Again, Japanese style. They they have their cultures. You can't you can't knock the the way they do things. But I'm just like, what the hell is going on? And again, obviously, I got to learn to just adapt to it and and go along with it. And I'm just like, again, this is 
you know, they, again, they just do things differently and they don't change. There's no, I think out of the whole year, we had one show and go day. And out of that show, that was a Sunday show and go day the entire season. And players were there, you know, it was a day game. Players were there at 8, 8.30, 9 o'clock. I'm like, what? I'm showing up at 11. It's so not, but, it's, but again, it's not, it's not a family, it's not a family or, or, or anything where, you know, you want to bring your kids onto the field, your wife, you want your wife and kids to be in the stands. Yeah. Here, I, I think my wife says she's seen uh, another family, you know, maybe three or four times all season. And I'm like, oh, wow. damn, like, like, seriously? Your family don't come support you? Like, Yeah, that's different. Okay, so you you're mentioning, um, yeah, just a totally different culture there, the, the, the fans. Do you end up fans there? Uh, like you said, the families weren't coming around, but was there – a lot of fans there or did they, they got rid of fans for 2020 as well. And you just had fans last year, same as the States. Well, 2020, we got, uh, we were able to start getting fans at the last maybe 40, 40, 50 games of the season at, you know, 25% capacity. So it was cool to uh, get some fans this year. It was about uh, 35, 40% early in the season, but we ultimately finished the season I believe at like 85%, uh, I think, for the oh. finals, the, Jap- the, climb- the playoffs, the Climax Series, and the, uh, the Japan Series, I think we were able to get 30, 85%. And it, was, it felt great like to be able to like, go out there, being introduced before the Japan Series. Honestly, it was, it was, it was great. It was terrific because, awesome. you know, we didn't, we didn't have that. I, that was, and again, that was another thing that I was banking on because I've always known – you know, playing against Japan and the WBC, I've always known their fans to be very vocal, very exciting. And, you know, watching the games and watching them through friends that have played here, they said these fans are rowdy and they're awesome. And then, again, getting here and then just shut down, it kind of yeah. just, you know, again, it threw, it threw a loop into just the passion of, of baseball that we, that we you know, go out there and want to play with. And again, it, I know the MLB, the MLB definitely was tough because all those guys are used to always having fans and, it definitely was tough here because everybody just, I think it was just COVID just sucked for everybody. And yeah, no matter yeah. the profession you did, I think it just sucked for everybody. Unless you're in the business of just making money off, you know, again, like zones and all this other stuff. Yeah. It, it worked perfectly for you, but yeah. it, for the entertainment business, for uh, travel business, airlines, I think it just, it just sucked. Hey, um, yeah. I just want to go back real quick. At the end of 2019, you finished up with the D-backs. You had a good year too, and you signed late. You know, I think you signed in March, right? That that one year deal, yeah. yeah, with the D-backs. So after that year, before you went to Japan, so you were talking to teams. How did all this come about to go to Japan? Because I mean, yeah, shit, you're 34 friggin' years old. You've had a stellar career. You're in that veteran, you know, type. You're that veteran type presence. So, what was going on in that off season? Get get you to where you were in Japan. Well, um, at the, there was the GM meetings and then the winter meetings. And I asked my agent just to, you know, obviously we were coming off of a nice contract in Baltimore. And then I signed late, had a good year in 18 in Baltimore. And then, um, you know, had, I think I had a solid year, not a great year, but a solid year in, in 19. I just told my agent, like, look, if, I, if it took me to sign in March 13th of 2019, um, what would this year look like? You know, what would it would look like? I just have to go into the midseason to sign or something like that. And I just asked him to go talk to all the old, talk to all the GMs and just say, just like, just give an honest truth. Like, as of now, would anybody have any appetite? And we got it back 
basically the same answers from everybody is, you know, hey, just wait it out and we'll see. And, you know, me wanting to play, it's either, you know, that wait it out could, could be I don't have a job. And as you've seen over the last five, six years, a lot of guys have been frozen out. A lot of older guys have been weeded out. And, you know, I didn't want to be that guy. Again, it sucked ass signing March 13th when I was like, I'm in shape. I'm healthy. I have a lot to offer uh, these teams. I'm 34 years old. I just proved I could play 150 games. I mean, I, I'm like, I'm available. And, you know, sometimes teams like guys that uh, play 120 games, 110 games, 100 games, you know, I, I, that's not, I'm not brass to sign those guys. I just knew that what I can bring to the team, positivity, you know, a leader, a guy that, that posts up and is always available. Uh, you, there was never a question about my availability availability in my entire career. And, uh, you know, again, maybe things I've said about MLB or two MLB probably rub people the wrong way, but that's not my problem. Um, and, you know, I just asked my agent again, what's, you know, I was harping on him. What's this, what's this, uh, what's, what's the case going on with everybody? And, you know, again, the consensus was, you know, just wait it out. And then Japan called and said, well, we have one year, three off, three, Offer and I'm like, oh, that sounds that sounds cool. Japan is cool to get some interest. And I just again for the next week, just keep kept harping on my agent. And he said Japan came back at two seven. And I said, well, shit. You talking about? I mean, two year guarantee. It's a guarantee. Yeah, yeah. Like, and still in my mind, like I know I can get a job here. I know I can get a job in MLB. And then they, we worked out a deal. It was two eight. And I'm like, shit. <laughs> Hey, it looks like it looks, and then I just just start talking to myself. And trust me, it wasn't easy because you know I still had, I still had an ego. I still had the just the mindset that like I'm a major league player. I've been here for 13 years. Now you're going to tell me that I can't do this anymore because of what I said away from here. And there's, I still can, I still have proven that I can play and healthy. Which again, health is not the most important thing in baseball anymore or for signing. And you know, I just, I just said, you know what. Okay. I, I'm going to yeah. do whatever I want to do. I don't need y'all. I'm, I'm going to do whatever I want to do. I don't need your employment. I got my pension. I made some money. I Let me just go do whatever I want to do. And uh, yeah. it was a great decision, to be honest with yourself. I think I just would – I probably wouldn't have gotten a job. And although I know I could have played, I probably wouldn't have gotten a job. And, you know, probably would have been, you know, sad, depressed, and drinking myself or doing whatever that, you know – when yeah. you when you're forced out the game, it sucks. When you can yeah. leave on your own. You're able to plan out your life. You're, there's a lot of guys that have just been forced out the game in the last four yeah. or five years that it's like should have jobs. And I get it. You want to you want to go with the young guy. I respect it. I was a young guy that pushed out some of the older guys. I get that. But at the same time, you need the older guys to teach these young guys how to be professionals. You have a lot of guys, these young guys, that don't know how to be a fucking professional. They just yeah. think that, oh, well, I'm in the major leagues. I, yeah. I'm going to go wear Louis Vuitton T-shirts and stupid shit like this. That's not, it's, that's not how you be a professional. It's, it's a yeah. complete – it's a lifestyle. It's a it, – I mean, it's an honor. And, you know, you see it. Some of these guys don't really respect that yet. And, you know, you need those older guys. Like, I, like from Seattle, I had Moyer. I had uh, Carl Lambert, Matt Lawton. It was Carlos Ginn there in spring training. Yeah. We still had Macklemore, Dan Wilson. Uh, I was Ichiro was there. Raul Ibanez was one of the greatest human beings on planet Earth. Like yeah. you, you don't have those guys anymore. You just don't. You don't have yeah. the 36, 37 year old guys to teach these young guys to 
to how to be a professional, how to approach this life, because this lifestyle, it's great. It's unbelievable. But also there's so many different pressures that come with it that these young guys, they just allude to it, especially with the social media era. You know, you got this guy telling you the greatest guy, and then the next day telling you you suck because you're over four and didn't get a hit for his fantasy. Team. Right. And it's like, you know, there's so many intricacies that you need these older guys that can help alleviate some of these stresses for the younger guys. And, you know, I guess I just wasn't one of the guys that, uh, that fit that build. But there's other guys that fit that build of, you know, veteran presence and all that kind of shit. And I guess I just wasn't one of the guys that fit that, which uh, highly respect the guy, but well, his business. I got no you definitely you definitely uh, have the credentials here. I mean, hey, you've only got to look at your numbers and then uh, you can tell we're sitting here talking for about an hour now. And obviously, you know, the game in and out. You've experienced so much. So I, I can't see why there's not one of the GMs out of 30 out there that would think, hey, Adam Jones is going to be a good mentor for me this year. Where where does it where does it lie now? You say you still want to keep playing. Would you want to pursue the career in Japan or, you know, coming back to the States is something that if the opportunity arises, you would definitely take it? Well, I mean, I would love to continue playing. Uh, my kids are seven and five and they're starting to really get interested in baseball and interested in me playing. They were really um, interested in the team this year because we were winning and all that kind of thing that, you know, they were focused on watching our games every night. It's kind of 50-50. If the team, if the team is interested, cool. If they're not, I don't give a shit. Yeah, it's right. it's kind of it's kind of not you know I, I'm gonna keep, make, keep myself in shape, keep myself ready um, to go. But if 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 I don't have a job or something like that, then you know no interest. Then I'm not, I'm not gonna stress over it. You know, you seem I, like a guy with a lot of passion, and you you need someone. Yeah. You want you want to have someone that wants you, no matter who signs you. If they have that presence, 100%. no matter who it is, and they want you, you you're the guy that's gonna go out there. You're gonna give them a hundred percent. You're gonna give them everything you got. Because that's just the guy you are. You can tell you, you play with the passion. You love this game. But at the same time, if they're not feeling that, if there's not, if you're not getting that offer, you don't want to just go out there to go out there because that's not you. That's not how you're going to perform. You, you got to feel wanted. You know, I think that's a big part of it. 100%. And, I'm not, and again, I'm not going to, I'm not stressed out over, no. over it anymore. I was stressed out, you know, going after, going into 19 offseason. Yeah. One of the early parts of 20 season, I was stressed out. Like, man, you know, what do I need to do to pr- to prove uh, to prove these teams that I'm ready? And you know, there was always a consensus of what a great guy he is. He's a nice guy, but if he's a great guy, then why don't you want to sign him? Why don't why would why, if he's such? Why did you want to sign him? You yeah. know, what was what? Were, I always want to know what were my red flags? Like, you know, was it was it because you know I started to speak up? Is that it? Is that something that you don't like? Because we see it now whenever, you know, majority of athletes that speak up about anything are black. That just is what it is. Right. You know, majority of the white players never speak up because these things don't affect them. It just, it just doesn't yeah. socially affect them. And it just is what it is. And that's, it's a, a big American problem. And it's starting to, I'm starting to read stuff. It's starting to become a problem in Australia also. Yeah. Um, but it, it's, it's mainly a big American problem. And, when black athletes speak up, you know, you get to the sense of just shut up and do whatever you, whatever sports you're playing. You don't know anything. But I can tell, and we can tell, we can talk about it, that we probably purchased our, our first homes in our 20s. Yeah. How many Americans, doesn't matter the color, 
Right. How many Americans have purchased their first home in their 20s? Not many. Most yeah. people purchase their homes in their 30s. So you mean to tell me that I don't know about this kind of home purchasing process? I don't know yeah. about this. Like It's like we our lives are expedited. Yeah, we grew up quickly. We grew up fast. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. Like we've already reached pensions. These guys, are, the most majority of, of the society is going to have to work so 60. all the way to their, what, 60, 60 to reach yeah. their pensions. I've reached my pension already. Yeah. Like, you mean that person That person knows more than me about pensions? It's, you know, yeah. they're working every single day. No, like, it's like our lives are expedited. Whenever yeah. black athletes talk, it doesn't matter the sport. Whenever we speak up, it is always criticized by society, the sports society, which is majority white, no matter how you try and box it around. Majority, I've been to so many different football games, football and soccer, basketball. Like I've been to so many sport hockey, so many sport events, and the majority of people are white. It just is what it is. Right. You know, yeah. Granderson came out with an article the other day. I think it was written last last year or something, but it was talking about him in the in the uh, the players the players alliance. And he said, you know, when he was with the Detroit Tigers in 06, he, him and the, and the black players would look in the stands and see if they could find black fans so they could throw the ball to because they know that this yeah. is not a, 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 a often occurrence for them. And like, but when you say that, fans would be like, oh, no, that's bull. Like, mm. how can you tell me what I see? Yeah, it's yeah, like, yeah. You can't tell me what I see. And, you know, that's the part that sports, um, keep politics out of sports, which sports have always had politics in it. No matter, you can go before Jackie Robinson, you can go all the way to, you know, the dead ball era, Babe Ruth and uh, Cap Anson and Shoeless Joe Jackson. There were still politics in baseball back then. So, you know, but people just don't, people just want what they want without interference. And, you know, black athletes, like I grew up in the hood. LeBron James grew up in the hood. You mean to tell me that LeBron James doesn't know about the inner city problem when he grew up in it just because he's a billion dollar athlete now that, that does not erase anything that he endured as a kid, because that's what you remember the most. It's great that you remember getting on a private jet and going somewhere, but you remember not having you maybe getting one or two pair of shoes a year for Christmas. That's what you remember the most. It's not about your new closet. Now with all the shoes stacked up, you remember the struggle and fans think that since we are, successful and all that financially capable and all that stuff that we just lost it. And it's like, that's the big, that's the one of the dumbest things fans think that they can have over us, which I never, I never allowed. I always call it out and call the bullshit on it because I know the truth about it. Is that something you're obviously passionate about with kids, you know, black athletes getting involved in baseball as opposed to other sports. How do you get, because it has been, it has diminished, right? You just don't see the same amount. Even back, you know, right. 2001, I came over rookie sure. ball. And you had these friggin' studs, like, and, and a lot of them, like, a lot of black players who I play with, man, they were absolute studs, but it started to d- diminish. Like six. Right. It, what, what, what do you have to do, in your opinion, to get them back into the game, whether it be interested or whatever, whatever it is to, to get that again? Because they are so, like, they're such good athletes, obviously, and baseball needs it. I've been asked this question. I think it's one of the hardest things to ever answer. Um, I think my answer is it's something that I seen in high school. I knew a lot of really good athletes that could play baseball, but would rather because baseball in America is the same time as track. And my high school 
the popular sport was at that time when baseball was going on spring, the popular sport was track because all the football players and all the girls ran track. And if you had any, if you were fast or do anything, you ran track. You yeah. didn't, you didn't come and go play baseball because our baseball team, and the crazy part is all my four years, the baseball team was good. Yeah. And I'm sitting there like, why wouldn't you want to come play? Our team is good, but it wasn't popular. Only people that came to the games was girlfriends and the parents. That was it. It wasn't like the football games where everybody comes to the game, the basketball game, everybody comes. It wasn't popular. And I've told so many of my friends that, you know, later on in life, they're like, oh, man, I should have stuck with basketball. I was looking at them like, you're a stupid shit. I'm telling you you should have stuck with, 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 stuck with baseball. Stop telling me that. You knew you did, but you wanted to be popular. You wanted to be around the girls. And yeah. if you watch ESPN, ESPN2, TNT, yeah, anything you watch, and if it's not MLB Network, it's, there's no baseball. Yeah, right. And, yeah. you know, you, watch, you can watch the first take tomorrow. You can watch Get Up. You can watch all these shows that they have. They, they, even in the middle of the baseball season, all-star break with nothing else is going on, mm-hmm. they're still talking about football. They're still talking yeah. about basketball. Yeah. They, these are the sports that just take over our news waves. And I get it. Football is a $40 billion business. Basketball, I don't know the, the numbers on it, but it's a huge business. Yeah. But they take over all the airway. Baseball just gets the blip note. Okay, Otani did this. That's it. That's it. Pretty much. That's pretty much it. The last that has been 2021. It's been Otani or nothing. No one cares. Trout's been hurt. So it's about Otani. No one cares. And then and then you get the, the September playoff race. That's all you get. And then you get a little bit about the World Series. You know, baseball tonight comes back and just thinks that they're – but if you're not watching MLB Network, you're not right. getting any baseball information. So that's why I think the yeah. Players' Alliance was so great because they were out on social media. They were out on – they had I mean, all these different hashtags to where you can get the information. But it's just it's, – it's about being on TV. And, you know, yeah. I cut my TV on any day and you turn it on the sports center and it's the Lakers. It's the name. It's just basketball or football. Yeah. You see the Brady, Rogers, Mahomes, mm-hmm. LeBron, uh, KD, Kyrie. Yeah. Uh, it's it's yeah. and, and, you know Steph Curry. It's like these are the guys that they just 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 talk about so so much. And you know, best you don't hear Juan Soto. You don't yeah. hear his name. It's it's just how it's just the media. It's the media. I, I guess, I mean, whatever the clicks that they get, they generate, that is what they go on. And baseball just, I, I mean, I just can speak on what I think, that it just does not generate as much interest to the American public for some odd reason, which it should because people love baseball. Yeah. Just, sorry, just that. on that too, you, you make a great point, man. When I, in the 90s, you know, Ken Griffey Jr., I was growing up in Australia. If you Even yeah. if you didn't play baseball, he transpired past – kids who are interested in baseball man and this is pre-internet you know I'm not trying to age myself here but it was dude i knew who he was i knew what he looked like i knew that the backwards hat everything he did and even friends i had at school who had knew nothing about baseball knew exactly who the dude was and i think even whether it be you know the athletes doesn't matter what color baseball doesn't have that iconic lebron james or that that you know, yeah. whatever sport, they just don't I mean, seem to have that at all. I, I feel like they have the guy in Mookie Betts. They just don't promote him well enough. They, 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 need, they need to do a better job of promoting their players. I remember being in the game, obviously, when I was in the game. It wasn't that long ago. And they're always talking about, we need to 
promote these guys, Trout. We need to get them out there. They started doing Subway um, advertising and, and things like that. You know, with CC Sabathia and and like you said, Mike Trout. But Mookie Betts, the superstar that he is, yeah. he should be all over the place, just like LeBron James, just like you know any other guys in football. I mean. They need to get him out there and reach more and more kids. I know they have Boys and Girls Club, things like that, but there just has to be more. He's just got to be, be – he's got to be everywhere. Day. He's got to be everywhere. He's got to be on billboards. He's got to be all over the place, and I just feel like they need to do a better job of that. They do a great job, but they've kind of lost it in other areas, yeah, marketing their players. And, and I said this a long time ago. Mookie, Mookie is one guy that should have been the face of the, the, face of the league. Again, Trout is the best player in the league. We all can agree to that. He's phenomenal. The guy is just, I mean, shit. When he came up to the plate, I wanted to go and sit in the stands and order myself a beer and some nachos, my damn self, and watch it. Okay? I didn't want to, I didn't even want to sit in center field. But he doesn't want that. He wants to go and hunt and go kill a deer and or some foxes or some ducks or whatever he wants to do. That's what he wants to do. That he, that's his life. That's his person. But that's also his personality. He's not the, he's not the outspoken guy. He's the, Hey man, I'm from I'm from a small town here. I just want to go. I'm good at baseball. I just want to go kill something. And I mean, that's <laughs> we all play. We all play with guys like that. I play with Markakis. Markakis is one of the one of the best guys, sweetest guys I've ever been around. He just wants to go shoot something. Like baseball yeah, right. is awesome. It's great. <laughs> After the game, during the game, I just want to go shoot something. Some I seen a bear cross my camera and a deer followed him. I I want to go shoot these some bitches, you know. But then yeah, you know, yeah. guys like Betts, <laughs> Soto. Yeah. Tatis, I mean, I think they're doing. They're starting to do a better job with Tatis. Do, Tatis yeah. Junior has taken his, his taken his level to the national stage to where now MLB is like, oh, oh shit, he's 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 going on the national stage, but he's not with us. Like, let me start to to dig into and get his his notoriety. But you should already be jumping on this stuff. Like yeah. the next guy is Wander Franco. Jump on this stuff before oh, yeah. the kid becomes a superstar sure. and is going and doing these T-Mobile commercials. These are national. Uh, things jump on them so that you you have the access to them before all this stuff. But again, MLB just that's just they that's I think that's one of the things that they lack in is the marketing. And you know Definitely. the players are all for it. You know I get it. It's time consuming. Oh, yeah. We have games every day. Football and basketball they have off days to where they can do all these different things. But th- these are just excuses they try to make for us because baseball players they all want to they all want to do it. If, if you yeah. give them. I mean, yeah. So, I mean, if you pay for it, and obviously ain't a damn thing free, but MLB, was, you know, so we're talking about billionaires. I mean, yeah. It's like, do it. You know what I mean? Like, you play with Longo. Longo is one of the guys who should have been all over national commercial. Uh, you know, like Machado. Machado should have been all should be all over na- national commercials. You got a lot of guys that should be like bigger yeah. things, but you you see, you know. With State Farm, you see Chris Paul, Aaron Rodgers, Mahomes, Mahomes uh, Chris Paul's kids. Like, yeah. but you but you can't get a baseball player to do that. You can't get not one base. There's not one baseball player with star power to, to be able to, to be able to be in, the, in in that thing. You there's not one. Like, yeah, it just I, I've always tackled that. Like, you should you should market these guys because they're so marketable, and especially when you have the Latin community, especially being on the East Coast with New yeah. York. With New York's market, and especially in the LA and San Diego's market of the his, sure. you got the Hispanics, Texas's market with his with the Hispanics. Like when you go to games down there, you there's there's Spanish being spoken. And like it or not, a lot of people speak Spanish in America. 
and a lot of people yeah. speak Spanish, play baseball. These are markets that you can you can go to because yeah. games are televised in Venezuela, Mexico, Dominican, Colombia, Panama. Games are televised down there. If you get some of the Latin guys involved, you can also broaden the game. You can it, it, it doesn't just take you know a player going down there to do a camp or do something down there to bring awareness to the game. It should be it's on TV like in Japan. Everybody watches Otani's games. Right. I mean, like it's like locked in. When Kikuchi's pitching, okay, cool. When Miami's pitching, it's cool. People locked in. But when Otani's playing, yeah. my whole our clubhouse is just like focused, locked in. And mm. it's like it's great to see because that means that he's such an inspiration to this entire country and play and like it just makes players want to play baseball. Like you see each row. 48-year-old ass going out and hitting batting practice <laughs> yeah. uh, the, other, the other day out there. And exactly. But he was hitting yeah, batting practice exactly. out here in Japan. Right. And, like, like I, that's that's what inspires these these, these dudes. And again, I get it. America is, is basketball, football, baseball. But it's obviously football, basketball first. I get that. But baseball is our national pastime. Baseball is our longest sport. That's what, you know, we should, we should get back to that. I mean, you make a you, you make I'm a great point, man. You you make a you make a great point, man. Jumping on these guys early. I mean, you see that in different sports. I mean, even you know, obviously LeBron was just going to be an absolute superstar, but you can identify who's going to be the dude and jumping on them early and then start to bring them up. Wanda Franco is is a great example. Hey, I want to go back, and I don't want to take too much of your time. I know you're sitting there overlooking the ocean. I don't want to be stuck here talking about yeah, baseball, or whatever else, but. Right now, MLB is in a lockout, right? And you've obviously been in Japan the last two years, so you're kind of looking at it from afar. But I, I know I didn't have to ask you this. You're still, you know, involved with knowing what's going on and everything else like that. What? Sure. What? What do you feel like? A couple of things, not just with the lockout, but what is MLB? We've just talked about some of the marketing stuff. But what what needs fixing? Do you think in the game? You hear about all these rules, bigger bases, robo arms, all this kind of stuff. But in your opinion, what do you think baseball needs? Especially being in a different culture, doing it in Japan. Baseball and just like all other sports, it's human error has always been part of officiating. Yeah. yeah. Instant replay has been implemented into all sports now to get the call right hopefully um i just think that it's the out to me it's in today's game you have so much outside noise when it comes to the analytical departments when it comes to just fans that and i get it the social media era and, and data Data has always been a part of the game, but we're in an era of uh, a data-driven yeah. society. Everything is just data, 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 which means that, you know, if you put X right here, Y and Z should be taken care of, which we all know. Again, if you read the damn swing, if you're able to read the play, you would know, you know even, if, even if a guy's throwing 96, 97, he might turn that shit around. He might be late. He might turn that shit around. What if the guy throws a slider and you're over here and then he hits over here? Like these are things. It's like I think I think it needs to get back to um, it needs to get back to former players in the in the 
in the analytical world. I think they need to, there needs to be that bridge. Some teams are so analytically, analytically driven that they forget that the game is still being played by humans opposed to a damn computer. Yeah, and 100%. people always say that, you know, these old school guys are, they don't like analytics. That's such bullshit. Yeah. These guys love data. But again, they also watch the damn swing. Mm-hmm. If you ain't play baseball, you can't tell me this guy's swing is this way. I read people's tweets. Oh, his swing is this for quarterbacks. that don't. How the fuck do you know? Have you ever seen a quarterback? The quarterback is 6'5", six, 6'8". Six, you ever seen the guy he tries to throw over? He's 6'8". Yeah, right. Oh, the guy was wide open right there. Yeah, because your camera angle is fucking 25 yeah. <laughs> the whole field. Yeah. It's easy to see the shit when you're on TV. That shit's easy. Now, be yeah. behind the quarterback. Like for, for a guy like Drew Brees to, to be successful, he has. That's the reason why he has to be one of the greatest quarterbacks ever because he's six foot and was watching and was shit, seeing shit that nobody else seen. Yeah. yeah. Hey, I, I, because just, Peyton just, Manning, John Elway, all them dudes, Tom Brady, they all see because they're 6'5", six, 6'6". Six, six. They all see that shit. So I just think it needs to get back to human element mixed with some analytics. Uh, yeah. I, I, I kind of agree. Middle ground, it. just like the collective bargain yeah. agreement. But Adam, you, you alluded to it earlier a little bit when you talked about you're 34 years old and some of these teams, you know, regardless of their opinion on you or, or anything off the field related, but on the field, you've got these teams that are ran by people who've never never played the game. And there does have to be that, that, that merging of guys who've played the game and guys who can, you know, read a data sheet and everything else. Because I still feel like, and exactly. you, you alluded to it, you're 33, 34 years old. You can do some of these intangibles that these guys who have never played, they want to see that 22, that cheap minimum salary, 22, 23 year old kid who on paper says, oh, well, he has this exit velo, this law angle, this blah, 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 this spin rate. Yeah, but I'm seeing the same shit I see with pitching. Guys just cannot compete pitching wise. And then you watch them in their bullpen sessions and they're sitting there checking the iPad after every single pitch. It's like, dude, no, 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 get back to actually pitching. Exactly. You should be able to put that ball. I mean, I mean, that's we want to throw the fastball down the way. We all do. Okay. That's that that's the hardest pitch to hit is the fastball down the way from here. It's just not how it works. And you know, now with this track man and you got all these different everybody, so many hitting coaches, pitching coaches. Every time you throw a pitch, I need to see the extension. I need to see the follow-through. Can I see the the spin rate. Look, I'm going to tell you the spin rate. You can throw the best pitch in the world, and that shit gets hit 450 feet. How was that damn spin rate? Does it matter? <laughs> All these kids are focused on exit velocity. Does it matter? I, I still, have, I still to this day, have the lowest exit velocity home run in the stat cast era. So what the hell does that mean? That means my bat speed was strong, was quick enough, and I caught the ball at a right angle. Who gives a shit? I hit the ball at the damn park. And now I say, oh, uh, Aaron, Aaron Judge hit the hardest ground, hit the hardest ball in the Statcast area. It was an out. The hardest ball he hit in the whole Statcast was an out. Who gives a shit? I'd rather have a chinker <laughs> off my knuckles, bleed it right over the first base and say that's a bullet in the hook, then hit an absolute rocket, and you come in the dugout and be like, oh, man, hey, good swing. Good swing my ass. That wasn't a good enough swing. Right. But yeah. that's analytical. Oh, oh, you hit the ball, you, your, your batting average, if the defense wasn't right there, would be, what the fuck does that mean? Like, if, if he wasn't, he was there. So what does that mean? Yeah. I don't care about bad dip. I don't care, like, no, no, what's the other one? Uh, 
like they have these exit velocities and all these X X O B P if if you change ballparks if you hit the Yankees. Yeah, if 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 gives a chance for nerds to who've never played to have a role. If 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 it didn't happen, okay, I hit the ball to the warning track in uh in in deep left center field in the new ballpark in uh, Arlington. It would have been a home run in Camden. Well, motherfucker, I didn't hit it in Camden. So what the fuck does it matter? I hit a ball to deep center, deep right center at Safeco. He Hannigan caught it. If I was in Baltimore, it would have been home run. Well, I didn't hit it in Baltimore, so the sun pitch was out. Are you going to give me a home run based on, are you going to just say, you going after the season, you're going to put it in parentheses. I had, you know, 30 home runs, but could have had 42. No, my numbers are going to be what they are. So it's like, I get it. I get it. Everybody has a role now, but just call it shit for what it is. Yeah. Okay? Yeah. If, if, if Griffey played at this ballpark, he would have had – if A. Rod played New York his whole career, if A. Rod played in Texas, if this, if Trout didn't play in 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 Anaheim, would he be in the playoffs? Who the hell knows? He plays where he plays, so therefore, you call a spade a spade. They're trying to call a spade a diamond when you can't do this. Can't it's just that it, it, it's black and white. They want to. They want. They're trying to figure out gray. It's black and white. I don't give a damn that. Say you know you got guys. Yeah, the guy had a six ERA, but well, he was a a part of bad luck and uh yeah bad luck i mean some bitch he, he, well he, he threw the ball <laughs> over the plate and they, and they hit that yeah. shit yeah hey you, hey you got a six you got a six i mean hey i give it to you if it, if, if you threw 10 innings and you had a six all right i'm not going to judge you off of 10 innings okay. but if when you play a whole season and you had a six damn you had 60 outings you better figure it out you know what i mean oh, yeah. it's kind of hey, yeah. yeah. i've seen some pitchers getting six six seven million and had a six last year, and I'm like, I mean, six, seven minutes because we, we they had told, a six, just, but their their uh, Sierra Sierra was four. I mean, I'm 44, and I'm I'm about to go get shoulder surgery in two weeks, uh, and I'm thinking about making a comeback, Adam, because I'm I'm seeing some of these contracts for guys that you know the numbers I had to put up to get paid, and I'm seeing guys making that 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 throw up a five, and it's like, well. You know, we'll give him twelve million. We'll give him a shot here. You know, because you should have should have probably been the three. But I'm like, hang on a second. And then they say he might he might revitalize himself like his 2016 form. <laughs> Ain't nobody revitalized himself yeah. in 2016. Okay, you know how long ago that was. Yeah. And and, so and, and and another point here is too. There is so much money in this game now. If someone said to you, we can't give Adam Jones four or five million dollars to come over here and play. Uh, still hitting 16 to 20 homers a year, driving in, you know, 70 RBIs. I mean, there, there's big numbers being paid for those kind of numbers that you put up. I mean, the guys are making I, silly I've numbers. Been a so. guy, bro. I mean, we know the minimums yeah, around 570 now. Hey, hey but, and but there's Grant, so much I'm, money in this game. It's crazy. I'm reading right here though. His BABIP was actually a little lower than league average. Therefore, no, I'm just I'm just messing. I get I get nothing. I get nothing. Yeah. No, but hey, 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 that's how they go. The BABIP. He was a he was a product of the shifts. He beat the shifts with some singles. And dude, put if you put the ball in play, it needs to be more emphasis on that. It's it, it's emphasis on home runs, walks, and strikeouts. It needs to be emphasis yeah. when we came up. Put the ball in play. Like two strikes, I get it. Choke up. Save your damn ego. Put the ball in play. Now guys are just two strikes. They're swinging like it's three zero. And I get it. I get it. that's the name of the game. But all that. But if you yeah. put the ball in, 
play, you never know what you're It's really hard to catch a ground ball. If you, it's still hard to catch a ground ball. Fly balls are easier. It's really hard to catch a ground ball. Put the ball in play, things happen. And that's one thing, again, here in Japan, I implement. I, I just like, hey, first two strikes are yours. Let it eat. After two strikes, it's the team at bat. Put the ball right. in play. You never know what happened. We won yeah. so yeah. many games just by guys putting the ball in play. Even if it feels weak, but made the defense try to make a play, and you might beat it out and get air something. But put the ball in play, man. And that was always one thing that I took pride in, too. Choke up, put the ball in play. All right. Hey, Adam, listen, I'm not going to keep you. And uh... the sun's going to be up in a minute, everybody. <laughs> <I know>. <laughs> <laughs> I don't want to keep you. I just I want to do this quick 10 questions rapid fire. It's just whatever is at the top of your head. I'm gonna ask you 10 questions and then uh then I'll let you go, my man. I, I appreciate that. It's been a fun chat with you. It's been good. Yeah, mate. Thanks, mate. Good on you. Appreciate it. Thanks for appreciate all the battles and keep me on top of my uh feet during the playing days. Because <laughs> there's always a fucking bitch. <laughs> always fun, baby. Awesome. Thank you. Okay, we ready to go. All right. Okay. What's the most memorable, biggest highlight of your entire career? Winning the 2014 AL East. Okay. Who'd you look up to as a kid? Tony Gwynn. Tony Gwynn. Okay. All right. One dude who you faced in your career who was absolutely nasty, who owned you, who was just worst that bad ever. Besides me. <laughs> one, one guy that absolutely owned me, but I was the most comfortable at bat was John Danks, two for 36. Damn, okay. Oh, damn. All right, All right okay. Speaking of that, who Fucking did you change own? ups all over to the stuff. Oh, yeah. Who did I own? Uh, I hit well off Verlander and Scherzer. Okay. There you go. Both those guys, I really, because they came after you. Like, there was no BS in between. Matt Moore, too. Right. Hey, hey, there's one dude who you own, by the way. I'll get to that in a second. What's Tanaka. Uh, no, I got, I got one dude just looking at it right here. Who? What's one thing about your career that you would you would take back? You wish you did differently? Play that, play that shortstop. I wish I played short. Well, you that was with the Mariners, right? They, they moved you to the outfield, yeah? Yeah, from Betancourt. Which, I mean, again, it was the correct move, but I love shortstop. Okay, what's what's the uh, what's the best advice you've ever get, given or something you would give a 16, 17-year-old? Be confident in your ability. All right. If I, elaborate. Uh, uh, do you, uh, what about, I gave I gave the rules before All this. Right. I'm like, hey, one-word one answer. And then I'm like, oh, hey, do you want to elaborate? Well, right. through the freaking thing. Well, be, be, be confident in yourself because – now with all these scouting things, like I was told I would never get past double A. I got 13 year major league career. I mean, there's so many different guys that yeah. told like I'm like Pedroia, he's, he's too short. Or like Yeah. Is there somebody too tall? Like yeah. Yeah, don't listen gotcha. to listen to yourself. Know what you know know what you can do, man. Be confident in your own ability. Don't let these guys who, you know, dog, you know, I had some fat ass scouts scout me saying you can't do this. Your fat ass can't even walk upstairs without Want a chili cheese dog? Exactly. Spare me that shit. Exactly. <laughs> Believe in yourself. For sure. Yeah. All right. All right. What's What's one thing about the game in Japan that you would bring over to the big to to Major League Baseball? 
harp on harp on back on the fundamentals of baseball. They're they are extremely good at fundamentals. They run bases extremely well, and they play extremely good defense. Right. Okay. What was speaking of that? What was your what was your favorite thing about living in Japan? Food. I ain't had a better steak in my life. Ooh. That COVID. Okay, beef. <laughs> okay. Once it's all said and done, what is Adam Jones looking forward to doing? once he's done playing baseball that you couldn't do while you, while you were playing. Being an Uber to my kids and going to their uh, sporting events and different activities that they do. Gotcha. Hey, by the way, the, the, the dude who you own, by the way, CC Sabathia, five bombs, your boy, man, you, you hit like two. CC, yeah. Yeah. Well, I mean, we face each other the most of, of each individual and he just, he came out, he just competed, he came after me. And I faced him when he threw was still 96, 97, and then when he was 88 to 92. So I got to see the whole repertoire of CC when he's throwing backdoor cutters and shit, and opposed to throwing four seams inside. So you know, yeah, he, right. he, I, I got to the, we evolved with each other. Right. Yeah. Is there some guy? Is there some guys you just see super well? You just walking in the box saying, "Dude, I can. I'm just gonna hit this. If he throws one over the play, I'm just gonna absolutely crush." I mean, I feel like I'm doing that to everybody, but there's some guys that just throw that invisible. There's some guys that, you know, that just get you out. There's some guys that throw hard that you see clear as day. There's some guys that are 88, 91 with sink that you just don't yeah. hit. And, I mean, it's baseball, man. There's no, there's no equation to it. There's no real understanding to it. You just have to be in that box and be in that battle. Like, you can throw a pitch 90 miles an hour right down the middle and the guy misses it. But you make a good pitch, and the guy lines it off the left field wall. Like, yeah. why? How? Like, there's no people are always trying to figure out the hows and the whys. It's just you have to be a part of it to understand it. And if you're not involved, it's like the man in the arena. If you ain't the man in the arena, you're just making opinions on the shit. All the rest of it is just not as nonsense. Like, you can't tell. Like, how does how did he hit that ball? How did Vladimir Guerrero hit these balls? Yeah, I said the best pitch to throw to Vladimir Guerrero is throw right down the middle. You try to yeah. make some good pitch to see Marini, he's going to line that shit for a home run. You try to throw a bastard slider down, he's going to hit it to right center. I was there when he hit a ball off the damn ground for a double in the left center. Yeah. But if you throw it right down the middle, if you throw it right down the middle, he might pop it up. Like, I was throwing Ryan the exact same thing. That's how they told me to pitch him. Just throw it down the middle. Don't try to trick him. Throw it up here because he'll take you deep. Forget it. But I, up here I, in his chest, he'll smack it on top of it. Like the other thing about that was I heard even Mookie Betts in the playoffs this year, they talk about, well, what is it that you guys are so good with the Dodgers and whatnot? And some of you guys here, he's like just that it factor. Sometimes it's just that it, that that thing that you just bring that 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 you've that you it's not something that you can answer. It's something that you've you've built and you've worked on over the years. You become that complete player and you 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 bring that to the table. Each individual brings that. It's not a, a certain number. You or figure out a way to do it. Yeah. You, you, you know, just the, figure out a way to battle, to compete. Exactly. And, and that's I don't give a damn. What, I don't give a damn. what computer you got? MacBook can't figure it out. Uh, uh, Hitachi's can't figure it out. Uh, Windows 98 can't figure it out. None of them shits can figure it out. You have to be there to do it right and for sure now you don't necessarily have to be here to do it because you know some guy who just went to a pin or, or the damn or harvard or yale or brown columbia he's saying that well i can figure out how to make a good team that's it one last thing moneyball fantastic movie a's day one shit since the movie came out 
when the A's won, how did they win? Big hairy guys. Yeah. Yeah. That's a good point. When they won 88 and 89, they had a bunch of big hairy guys. Now you can you can talk about different things that they used and all that kind of shit. Modern enhancements. That's a different conversation. But they won by big hairy guys. They've been very competitive over the last uh, decade. Also, yeah. I mean, I'm not gonna. I, lo- I love their guys. I love how they play scrappy and all that kind of stuff. Because being in Baltimore, we had to win special different ways. We couldn't outslug the Yankees or Red Sox. We had to beat them in different ways. And I get that. That's what the A's do. Yeah. But how'd they win? Yeah. Big hairy guys. It, it, it ain't trying to. It ain't cutting. Trying to go get a guy for one point six when you had a guy for eight. Go get to keep the guy for damn eight and win. Okay. They got rid of Giambi. They got Hatterberg. Hatterberg, great player, played show, all that stuff, respect him, played against him, all that. Just Giambi just won a damn MVP. Right. Okay. Yeah. I'm, I'm just, I'm, again, I'm just being honest. People don't like, like saying that shit. I don't care. I can say that shit. <laughs> Mariners, and again, you with, the, you with the Mariners, Mariners, Mariners made a good pick with Robbie Ray. Go get another guy. One hundred percent. Don't be afraid. Go get another guy. Go get another. Go get another starter. Go, go trade for a, a, a Sonny Gray. Mm. Right. Go trade for a Tommy Maley. I absolutely. I mean, I'm just saying. I mean. Well, Adam. Hey, listen, man. I'd love to. I'd love to see in the Mariners uniform. Make make that. Uh, yeah. Make a little reunite there where you started. Started all <laughs> off, man. They they need some. They need some a DH. They need someone. To walk in that clubhouse and, and take it over, but dude, this has been fun. Uh, I want to let you get back to it. The sun's coming up there. You got some uh, some Mark Zuckerberg style e foil board, whatever it's called, to go do tomorrow. Maybe get a scuba gear on <laughs> for sure. <laughs> go scuba for the show, sure. Man. But mate, enjoy yourself, dude. This has been a blast, man. I can't thank you enough. It's so good to, yeah. to reconnect. You've had an amazing career. Keep playing. Keep doing your thing, man. Don't. Uh, I want to see you back here stateside next year, to be honest. Thank you, brothers. Good talking right. to you guys. Good talking to you. Good seeing you. Anytime, buddy. All, All right, right mates. Everybody. Take care, mate. Everybody. Well, mate, that was good. I felt bad. Dude. I felt like the sun was about to come up <laughs> over the water oh, yeah. there where you're sitting. Um, I, I bet uh, it's going to be a beautiful beautiful sunrise when it does, mate. I'll tell you I'm what. Jealous. He sounds like he's in an unbelievable spot there. Oh. Um, what do you say? Gotta, what do you say to Waldorf? At the Waldorf, yeah, mate. I mean, that's that's big bickies over those yeah. places. He mentioned it, and and the uh, the reception wasn't too great, just because you know I'm mean, sitting in there on the, on the island, right? But yeah. he, he mentioned it, so here I'm talking. Oh, hey, Adam, what do you think about this? I'm just like googling, putting in Expedia, the Waldorf <laughs> in the mouth. I was like, damn, I, that's yeah. above my pay grade for sure. Not you so much, me yeah. though. With my yeah, nah. my my little career, but nah. you, mate, you you could hang, mate. You're a Waldorf in the in the Maldives kind of guy. Uh, I don't know, mate. Might, maybe a night or two. <laughs> oh, <that laughs> week. About a night or two there, and then the rest of the week at the Hampton Inn. <laughs> Just to make up for it, to even it out. Yeah, we'll go to the Hampton Inn first because you couldn't go. You couldn't go the Waldorf first and then finish up at the at the Hampton Inn. I go Hampton Inn and then finish up there, like yeah, you know, on the weekend there. Yeah, exactly. Or just yeah. actually, weekend rates might be a little too high at the Waldorf to go during the week. <laughs> I'd have yeah, to catch him on a on the flip side on a Monday and Tuesday night, mate. Good afternoon. I'm not us. joking. I, I wanted to lock in on everything he was talking about, but I, I was just dying to Google Waldorf. Now, mind you, I went to oh, Gilly, yeah. Lenk, and Fushi, mate. Big shout out to them. It was a blast. Yeah. Maldives was amazing. Um, yeah, it right. was sick. But um, 
No, but we're like, yeah, a night or two or whatever. He's probably there for a whole month just staying. Yeah, yeah, I'm staying here for Chrissy. New Year's. <laughs> Fireworks over uh, the water. Yeah, exactly. But okay. no, hey, listen, man, that was awesome talking to Adam. He's just, yeah, he's got a lot to say. And he's been that guy, you know, 2006 to, to 2019 and off to Japan. So he's played through a couple of different generations. I just yeah. love the fact, first of all, the honesty. And I love the fact that he re- reiterates players you just cannot match the in-game experience as far as you know the, yeah. the way that you analyze players and everything i get it man I, I, technology i just want to make this point technology it's amazing and the game's really evolved but it's so refreshing to hear a dude who's done it and a guy who obviously has that you know that kind of mindset to say all right um this is my ability this is what i can do i'm believing in myself whatever it may be and that's that like yeah. you said to him too that mookie that that it's that it factor yeah, and and guys and guys, you you don't just get that. You 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 know you you build that over time. You know that's just the that's just the person you become. It's like us sitting here today. You know you are who you are because of choices and things that you've done in life and and choices you've made. And you know does this guy work hard or does this guy do this or do that? And you become the person who you are today based on you know things that you've done. Yeah. So it's. You know, having that experience in the game and being able to put yourself in the box, who do you want in the box is my big question. Who do you want in the box when the game's on the line? Who do you trust? Who do you have your faith in? Do you want, are you going off of pure numbers right now? Or are you going to go off of, you know, experience? What's this guy done in these big moments? You know, there's just, there's just some just intangibles, I suppose. And, um, yeah, different things that I, I I don't know. It's 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 hard to explain. Um, like I said, I love I love a bit of everything. I just love to see a good mix in the yeah. game. You got to find that middle ground, just like they're going to find with this collective bargaining agreement to move forward. Right. Yeah. It's just it's it's like anything in life, mate. You know, he talked about playing the game on an even keel. I think everything has to be on that even keel. Have sure. a little bit of a mix, the yin, the yang, whatever you want to call it. I, I think it just that it needs to be there. So. Uh, no, hundred percent agree. Uh, on that note, geez, I, I was I was going to try and slide into a, a, the Aussie segment here, but um, yeah. yeah, we're getting deep all of a sudden. But uh, I love it. Maybe we need to cut out some of the the, the laughs and the carry on between you and yeah. I. Maybe we need to get a little deeper on this. I like it. Uh, this is good. I like it. Yeah, mate. But, no, I mean we definitely we definitely could, but um, definitely. we we try to keep lighthearted. But That's yeah, right. there are times when you know you got to dig deep um we've both done that in our careers you know and uh we all know that that's that's all part of the game and and part of life so yeah there's going to be those moments hey something else which is a part of life is the aussie summer now let's transition to that's grouse oh yeah mate and i want to talk about i want to give um our american listeners a taste of christmas in australia now obviously the seasons are different all right i'm not going to do a whole geographical reason why but different side of the equator it's summer right now back in australia and they've been having some rough weather too i was just on the phone to a mate of mine last night he's like mate weather's been shocking (laughs) they're all bummed out (laughs) because it's just been storm after storm but um let's talk about i want to talk about chrissy in australia mate listen uh, don't get me wrong i like i like a white christmas i like all the you know the 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 stuff they do here in the states they do it big here in the states obviously you know with all the winter, winter stuff and everything but nothing beats Waking up to a bacon and egg roll. <laughs> <laughs> bacon and egg roll. 
Excuse me. Barbie, Barbie sauce. Right. Mate, you did all right. <laughs> Rip it into the prezzies under the tree, right? That Santa brings oh, yeah. out. Yeah. Right. Sweating your clacker off. Yep. <laughs> 40 degrees right outside. 40 degrees. That's right. Hit the beach in the afternoon. What, what, what is some of your big memories of growing up in Australia for the uh, for Chrissy Day? Uh, mate, we'd always uh, wake up, you know, as a kid, just obviously given the childhood memories. Yeah, waking up as a kid early morning, you know, you're up at up at the butt crack because you just can't wait to, yeah. you know, see what's under the tree. 6 a.m. or whatever it is. As soon as we get out, we come under the tree and then, we, you know, we yell out to mum and dad, hey, you know, Santa's been... And then um, right after that, my grandparents would get the call to come around. They'd bring around all the presents. They'd come around and we'd all sit there, open up presents. Mum would have, uh, you know, a baked dinner or, uh, or whatever it was ready for Chrissy lunch. We'd all sit down together, enjoy a good, nice lunch. And then just uh, basically just kind of relax, enjoy the day. I do remember kind of mid-morning, a lot of people, a lot of neighbours or friends would pop in. With, you know, have like a, a glass of wine or, or you know, a case of beer or something for Chrissy. You know, you do the, you do the, uh, you do Box the old, mangoes. Re- <laughs> you do the old recycled uh, glass of wine. You know, someone yeah. you bring your wine, you'd put it back under the tree with a little ribbon on it, hand it to the next bloke that you, you know, that showed up that you weren't, didn't really have a present for. <laughs> you need that same bottle before you even opened it. <laughs> And um, yes, yeah, so that probably went through about three or four sets of hands before someone actually cracked it open. <laughs> but, no, uh, nah, mate, good, good you, memories. You mentioned the Chrissy lunch. What about the pavlova right after it? Oh, mate. Oh, we used to do we used to do the uh, the pudding Christmas pudding, mate. Oh, with yeah. The, the, yeah, no, the um, that mince uh, pudding, mate. The uh, uh, was amazing. You know, right, so you, you you do the pavlova down your way. Nah, nah, we, we do pavlovas for um for parties and stuff, but usually we do the Chrissy pudding, you know, mum yeah, would right. put that in, heat it up and um yeah, mate, and throw throw the custard on it or heat the custard up, ah. throw that right on top. <laughs> love, love the custard, mate. That's right. Uh, dude, no, we used yellow, to, um, yellow custard, you know, right on top. Yeah. Oh yeah, just smack bang right on top. Good dollop oh, yeah. of it. Yeah, you'd have that brandy, the brandy pudding, you know? That's okay. I'll go to. I think I've had that before. I know Christmas what pudding, about. mate, with the brandy in it. Ah, yeah. Hey, loved it. I don't get enough. About. I remember though, like you'd see all the, all the decorations. You see Santa with the dolphins instead of the reindeers or on the surfboard or the, yeah, wearing the yeah. flip flops or whatever. It's the best. Yeah. That's the best. Um, yeah. Now we had, dude, Pavlova, mate. My mum used to just smash it on the Pavlova. It was sick. I used to just crush. Right. Like, yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> just. <laughs> Put the way, put the way three servings of it, yeah, Chrissy. Yeah, 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 mate, it's it's good stuff, mate. Oh, I'll yeah. tell you what, you get a sugar high, that's for sure. Oh, for sure. And then <laughs> I, I don't touch the stuff now, not with the physique and everything else, you know. What yeah, I mean? no, <laughs> no, no, I know. <laughs> but uh, but I remember, mate, you you do the Chrissy lunch, and then the Arvo, boom, straight straight on the new boogie board, straight on the new surfboard, whatever it was, straight down to the yeah. beach for us. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, that's it, mate. It was a hot, usually a hot day. Like you said, it's scorching side out, scorching hot outside. It was either either that, you got to be in the water, in the pool or somewhere because you know it's going to be hot. Um, and then uh, the other thing is too, you're on school holidays. So, I mean, that's it's right. like there's no school in Australia. We're not just taking two weeks off for school holidays like my kids here. This is our no. big holiday. This is our big um, summer. You know, 
mid-summer holiday. So we get that six or sometimes seven weeks, depending on which school you're at. So that was a big one. So you're looking at maybe heading off, you know, a couple of days later, you got Boxing Day, you know, right after Christmas Day. And then, you know, usually you just, you know, watch a bit of cricket, whatever's on that day. And then usually things settle down for a day or two. And then you jump in the car and maybe go down to the caravan or something. Where yeah, you the, the traffic and the traffic's bumper to bumper too. Remember that? Like you, you, you'd get oh, down yeah. to Chrissy, whatever. Then you're like, oh, yeah, going on holidays. But this going up. Yeah. Where you heading up north? <laughs> but the, the Pacific Highway, mate, was chock a block. It was. Oh it yeah. Was nuts. No, yeah. you didn't want to touch it. You didn't want to go anywhere near it. Trying to. Yeah, avoid nah, it, we'll, yeah. we'll we'll probably wait a couple of days after Christmas and then we'll, we'll head off. <laughs> I got some. I got some long service leave, mate. <laughs> yeah, mum. Mum's taking a week off, and Dad's got you know long service up his sleeve. So, <laughs> uh, oh, that's good. That's good how stuff. it was. No, but I remember. Yeah, you hit the hit the freeway, mate. It's chock a block. And you know what else? And not not to not to turn this into a downer, but remember, like yeah. every night, Dad had the road tolls on the news. Yeah, like, yeah, no. How many? How many? How many you got, buddy? Yeah. Uh, oh my god! Stocked so, for six. Yeah. <laughs> so, so the the dude, it was like yeah. every night, like you're a kid, and, uh, and you know, as you got older, you look at the road top, like, oh man, are you sure you want to get on yeah. the freeway? It scared the shit out of you. Yeah, yeah no, they always I mean, talk sure about they how, many, how many people are being killed on the road, the death piles. Oh. They're they're always really big about that. The ads, you know, for um, death toll and stuff and yeah. traveling, and they're always. Yeah, they've always been really strict about driving back home in Australia. So it, it does yeah. put a bit of a scare in you, but hey, mate. Some yeah, of the only one. It, it beats walking. <laughs> yeah. Now, speaking of that time, so you get Chrissy, then you got Boxing Day. We need to dive into Boxing Day when we have more time. But then you yeah. have New Year's, mate. I remember being a teenager. I was around that age, 16, oh, yeah. 17, 18, thinking I'm awesome. You know, so you do some like, yeah. I don't know what you were doing for New Year's, but Newcastle, mate. Someone would have some party or some. You know, some yeah. scandalous friggin' event to go to. I never yeah. forget you yeah, then New Year's Eve, like going surfing with your mates and you know, so and so you would bump into so and so from your school or whatever. It's like, hey, what are you doing for New Year's? I'm going to Darren's or something like that, like some backyard yeah. party. <laughs> yeah, I'm yeah, gonna yeah. get me bloody stomach pumped. <laughs> <laughs> I never forget. And you just get written off, mate. And if you could make it to uh, New Year's, hey, awesome. As a kid, I'm talking yeah, as a teenager yeah, yeah. here. Yeah, yeah, just yeah. getting absolutely blotto. <laughs> yeah, well, I I used to I had my birthday on the thirtieth of December, so That's I just right. used to just roll right into New Year's yeah. and then <laughs> New Year's Day, you know, start to come out of it. Yeah, <laughs> right going into the city a couple of times, I remember, and catching the Rattler home about six a.m. You know, oh, on New yeah. Year's Day, seeing the sunrise on your way. <laughs> oh Jesus. Yeah, wearing your son, your party shirt, mate. Your button down on the on the, oh, rat, yeah. on the way home. Oh, mate, the ride of shame. Well, Don't miss but, those days. <laughs> oh, mate, me too, mate. It's all changed now. I remember, like, you, you pull all nighters. Like, I remember the Great Northern in Newcastle. I'd, I'd walk out and the sun came up. You can't do that now, mate. There's like a yeah. the, the lockout or whatever it is. Like the, you know, the oh, whatever yeah. it is. You can't get in curfew. No, or you got to be home. You got to be home by bloody midnight and yeah. five a.m. Five a.m. You can't leave the place. I suppose you yeah. just stay in the bar till 5 a.m. till the lockout. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, around 3, 4 a.m. That's when all the, the punching on <laughs> happened to Oh, yeah. yeah Come on. No good. Only a bunch of riffraff that time, of the, that time of the night. Oh, yeah. I miss Go it, Go down mate. the city, watch the fireworks, mate. 
put on a great yeah, show. Exactly. The fireworks, they have the lights, drive around, look at the lights and stuff, you know, in the back of the car with the parents. Oh, yeah. That was always so. good. Sing Christmas uh, carols. Sometimes, you know, you do the Christmas carols down in the park or something like that, you know? Exactly. Yeah. Unreal. Yeah, I miss them, mate. I wish I was getting back there. This is the first time in 20 years I'm not getting back uh, to Australia. Oh, wow. and it sucks, man. I mean, no, we're not doing uh, next gen baseball. We've got nothing happening in January, which is such a bummer. Uh, but uh, we'll be back soon. But yeah, man, it's uh, I miss it. So it's uh, it's making me making me sad. I know we're having a few laughs here, but it's making me sad thinking about not being yeah. back in Australia. But uh, yeah, I'll survive. I'll be all right. Yeah, mate. What uh, what doesn't kill you makes you stronger, mate. That's right. Well, mate, yeah. this has been a fun episode. Next week we have Paul Seawold joining us. He is the Mariners closer. What an absolute amazing story, Grant. I can't wait for you to talk to him, dude. This is a guy who was kind yeah. of uh, in a situation where he's just kind of left out in the cold with the Mets. Mariners picked him up, uh, said, hey, we need to do this, hey, that. Man. I want to ask him all about it. He ended up being a dude, man. Sick numbers, becoming the closer. Highest strike, top three strikeout rates in all of Major League Baseball. Wow. With our buddy Liam Hendricks and, and, and the like, mate. So he, he's killing yeah. it. So that's going to be next week. This has been fun. Big thanks to, to Adam Jones joining us from the Maldives. And yeah, uh, yeah, Merry Christmas to everyone. Make sure you get your Chrissy shopping in. I'm going to get to yep. it right now, mate. Going to get down to David that's Jones. It. Just that's rip it. apart the credit card. Get some Legos yeah. or something. That's it, mate. <laughs> get in there quick, mate. Everything's going off the shelves. Yeah. <laughs> Stuff's running out the doors, mate. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Should wait yeah, after Chrissy the, the the after Chrissy sales. Oh, I know. I always thought about that. You know, can we just push Chrissy back a couple of days? I get everything half price. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> well, awesome. mate. Grant, I'll leave you to it, mate. This has been fun, and right, uh, buddy. we'll catch you next week, champion. All right, mate. Good on you. Take care, mate. Merry Christmas. Yeah. Yeah. Merry Christmas. Yeah. Hey guys, real quick, before you give us the flick, I just want to say a huge, huge thanks for tuning in. Hopefully you've subscribed. Hopefully you tell your mates. Hopefully you're enjoying this just as much as we are. We have got some exciting things happening in 2022. We cannot wait to announce it. Grant Balfour and myself are having an absolute blast. We have some great guests coming up. Paul Seawold, the Mariners closer. If you don't know who he is, uh, make sure you go check him out. He had a breakout year this year. Amazing story. I can't wait to talk to him next week. But again, huge thank you. Have a great Christmas if I don't catch you. Make sure you go back and listen to some past episodes, learn some words of the day, the Aussie segment. That's grouse. Have some laughs. Happy holidays, and we will see you right here on the Top Step next week. I'm not killing them, kill, kill, killing them.